The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The parents of Jesus went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the company, they went a day's journey. And they sought him among, the, among their kinsfolk and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been looking for you anxiously. And he said to them, How is it that you sought me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying which he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. The Gospel of the Lord. Such a beautiful solemnity that we celebrate today for such a wonderful and powerful saint, Saint Teresa of Avila. She used to send everyone, Iteas, go to Joseph, right? Go to Joseph for any petition, any intention that you have, because his petitions and his intercession is so particularly powerful with God. I know myself, there was a, an experience I had with a priest friend of mine, and we had a particular intention uh, that was very, um, uh, anyway, it was a particular situation and tension that we were carrying and that was completely unsolvable on a human level and we needed it to be solved. Um, and so the two of us decided, we were living in Long Island at the time, and we decided to make the drive up to Canada and to go to the Shrine of St. Joseph um, up in Montreal, the beautiful Shrine of St. Joseph up there. And um, we went there and we decided to be there for three days and we made the intention, we said, right, we handed it all over to St. Joseph, and we stayed there for the three days, and when we were leaving, we went one last time up into the basilica, to the beautiful, uh, they have all of these kind of little alcoves to St. Joseph for each of his different titles, you know, the terror of demons, the, again, the one, who, the patron saint of the dying, all of his beautiful titles there, and we went up into the, um, this beautiful basilica that sits on the top of the hill there in Montreal, and uh, just handed the petition over to, to St. Joseph again and just said, if you, if you answer this petition, we will make a Thanksgiving pilgrimage. We'll come back and offer Mass here as well. And we were driving away from the shrine, and we got an email, and basically everything had been taken care of. We weren't even five minutes from the shrine when we were leaving. I've never experienced so powerful an intercession from a saint, and uh, so complete as well. When he works, he works in such a complete way 
way. And so everything is just taken care of by St. Joseph. And so he has this beautiful, powerful intercession uh, with God. Um, another story of St. Joseph, uh, I had a Franciscan friend, and he was preaching on the Feast of St. Joseph once, on, on the solemnity. And he says, I'll leave you with the words of St. Joseph. And he went and sat down. <laughs> but it, the point he was making is that we have, we have no words from this great saint, and yet we know him and feel like we know him so well, right? Is that he doesn't speak in the Gospels, and he allows the Word of God to speak instead. And so he is silent and he is quiet before the great mystery that is unfolding before him, the mystery of Christ, right? The mystery of the life of Jesus as it unfolds before St. Joseph, St. Peter Julian Amard says he adores each and every instant of the life of Christ. He endures each and every mystery that unfolds before his eyes. And so he teaches us as well how to be adorers of Jesus, how to adore him in silence and humility and to be open to all the beautiful mysteries of his life. But also is that he is the strength of God, if you will, present to Christ. He is the over uh, this kind of like overshadowing protection of the Christ child and his mother that the Heavenly Father places over this beautiful mystery, the mystery of his beloved son and also of his son's mother. And he entrusts these two precious gems of his heart to one whom he knows will take care of them in the right way. And so he gives what is most precious to him. The Heavenly Father gives what is most precious to him to the care of St. Joseph. And that should tell us everything that we need to know about this beautiful saint. And we can see that he is this kind of protection. And as they are going up in the gospel today to Jerusalem for the feast of Passover, as was their custom, we can kind of enter into a little bit that scene. We know that at this time, the amount of Jews that would have been coming up for the feast of Passover numbered between two to four million, right? So if you can imagine that many people gathering in Jerusalem, and so what they would do is from all the different regions that they were coming, they would travel in these caravans, Galilee being one of the most densely populated areas in all of that, in, in all of um, where the Jews were living. And so there would have been thousands of people coming from Galilee, making up these huge caravans that would travel all the way down to come uh, to Jerusalem. And they would travel together in these caravans because they would have to pass through the Samaritan areas, right? So, so it was in a certain sense for their protection and their defense. But you can understand then why they would have these kind of plans for leaving, is that, okay, all of the caravan will meet up and leave after the feast. And so you can understand how they could have missed Jesus in the beginning, assuming that he is just a part of this great throng that is leaving from Jerusalem, that he is part with them on the journey. But then eventually it comes to that evening and they realize he's not there because, again, he probably would have come to seek them out at that time of day. And they know that he's not there, and so they go looking for him anxiously. And they look for him first amongst all of their acquaintances and they get into their kinsfolk, and they do not find him. And so you can imagine what is setting into their souls, right? The anxiety, the panic, what has happened to Jesus. And you can imagine in particular for St. Joseph, the one who was supposed to protect Jesus, now the Christ child, the boy, is lost, right? And so you can imagine what sets into his own soul. What was his mission? He seems or he might think that he has failed. And so they anxiously seek after Christ, diligently looking for the Christ child. And after three days, imagine, imagine being a parent and not finding your child for three days and not knowing where they are, right? 
and not knowing if you're getting any closer to finding them or if you're simply moving further away. Has he been taken by another caravan? Has he gone off? Has he been, what has happened to him? And so all of this anxiety is settling into their hearts and all of this frustration, if you will, at not being able to find him. And then they find him sitting in the temple among the teachers. And so, as I've said before, Dante gives this as an example of what it is to have the virtue of meekness. Virtue of meekness is that they do not give free rein to their anger or to their frustration, but they simply ask a question because they do not understand why he has done this. And meekness is exactly that. It is the reliance on divine authority to deliver us from sufferings and trials, relying on divine strength and not giving free rein to our own strength and our own anger. I was talking to my brother recently and he was mentioning that he had looked up the virtue of meekness and he had kind of looked for the different uses of that word. And one of the ways in which it's used is that during war times in the olden days when they would use horses in war, is that before you could use a horse in war, it had to be meeked. It had to be meeked. Because a horse is a powerful instrument in war and it can be used if it is meeked, if it is tamed, meaning if its strength is restrained and controlled. If you can control the strength of the horse, then it has been meeked. But if its strength is not controlled, it can not only do damage to the enemy, it can also do damage to your own army. And so this virtue of meekness is this controlled strength. And that's what we see in particular, I think, in St. Joseph. So powerful and so mighty, and yet also so controlled, so ordered in his own interior. And so he is silent before this mystery, trying to understand the one whom he knows to be God, why has he acted in this way? And that's a beautiful disposition before all of the mysteries of the life of Jesus, to come and to approach them with that same disposition, even when they might be in a certain sense troubling to us. Why does the Lord do this in my own life? Why does he act in this way? But we ask these questions, controlling ourselves, but opening ourselves to understanding his actions. And the Lord is sitting amongst all of these teachers. At this time, at the Feast of Passover, we know that this would have collected all of the greatest teachers from all of where the Israelites were dispersed. And so they would all come together in the temple and they would discuss the scriptures. And you can see the Lord, how he had maybe just kind of squeezed his way in there, right? And sat in their midst. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of all of their talking and discussing amongst themselves, you can imagine the Lord begins to ask questions and to speak. And slowly you can imagine how all of them might have been slowly turned towards this young child, maybe fascinated by one of the questions that he asks, and then begins to ask him questions, and then becomes more and more amazed. What the Lord is doing here in the temple is he is revealing the divine mind that is present in their midst, God himself. And so he, has whole, he holds all of these teachers in the temple in an awe, they are amazed at him. They are amazed at the wisdom that is there in their midst. And so they continue to ask him questions and to discuss with him and to receive understanding. And this is what the Lord desires to do. And so he desires to be in his father's house. And this is beautiful for all of us because the mystery that was given to and entrusted to St. Joseph is entrusted to each one of us. We are all called to become a place where Christ dwells, 
at the end of this mystery, he goes and he dwells with them. He lives with them. But this is also what he desires for each of us. We are all temples of the Holy Spirit, houses, if you will, of God, where God desires to dwell. The Lord desires to dwell in us. The mystery and the beautiful gifts that he entrusted to St. Joseph, he also entrusts to us in a very real and true way. The same Christ child that lay in the arms of St. Joseph in Bethlehem is entrusted to us in Holy Communion. And we can learn from this great saint. How should we respond to so great a gift? How should we adore this great mystery that is given to us? How should we protect and defend it? And how should we give our lives over to the care of Jesus Christ? Amen.